and welcome to Stacia Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyven, joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon, joining me from Cyprus. How are you today, Stu? I am very well, thank you, Justin. I've had a busy but productive day. How are things in Canada? I woke up, got out of bed, still working on my first coffee. Not quite so productive yet. Well, you know, uh, early days, as they say, you started the day right, you got up. We're alive. This is true. This is true. So let's get into the follow-up because I'm sure everybody wants to know. How's the escapade with spice going? Oh, my my brief uh, sojourn in special services or special forces, perhaps. Um, that would be the one. Yeah, I took some advice from friends who used to work in the trade. Um and I got there early so that I could, uh, you know, mount a little surveillance, see what was going on. Um, I mean, it really was, if I'd written it in a novel, nobody would believe it, Justin. So the, the streets were quite dark. It's, it's quite cold here at the moment by our slightly elevated standards. And it's pretty much deserted. So in my mind's eye, I was definitely in sort of post-war Vienna, possibly Berlin. Um, there was a brightly lit sort of, uh, it's quite a big, posh clinic. Um, and so I pulled up outside it, but you could see that it was all lit up, but reception was closed. And I had to wait to meet my vet. And so my vet turned up in, <laughs> brilliantly in an overcoat <laughs> and said, hi, shall we go in? To which I replied, yeah, sure. Okay, let's do that. Um, and we literally, <laughs> we slipped into an alley behind the clinic and walked round to where the sort of the staff break room had been left open. And so there were, there were two vets, me and the dog. And the, the break room had been set up for the staff to have what they call Stinky Thursday, which is, is actually today as we record. <laughs> um, Stinky Thursday is the last day before carnival. And... Uh, also, therefore, the last day before Lent. So this is where everybody gets properly stuck into as much meat as they can eat. No offence, Justin. Um, and it's called Stinky Thursday because the whole country smells of burning meat, essentially. Um, and so we're in this weird room sitting on plastic chairs. And the vets basically on the, on the eating table, they set up a little sort of recovery room. And they, they get the various little bottles out and um needles and all of that for the anesthetic um and then and we we put her to sleep oh, sorry i fill in a, a form and sign a disclaimer <laughs> then we put her to sleep and she's there in my arms until eventually somebody gets the nod from somebody else i never quite worked out how that happened and the, the two vets of my dog disappear into the back of the clinic uh i sit there for a little while sort of catching up with my email um and uh, a little bit after midnight the vet came back and said, Mr. Stewart, you can, you can pay now. Sure. So the, the cash was folded and handed over. And obviously, once they were satisfied they had the cash, they returned my dog to me. Um, because she's quite young, she's only four years old, they, they can do a sort of reversal of the anesthetic. They can give her another injection to sort of bring her back up so we don't have to sit around for hours. Um, and fantastically she she came back really quickly uh was quickly alert uh no ill effects from the anesthetic at all which was it's, it's, a, it's a risk you put a dog to sleep they don't always wake up um so that was that was fantastic what the mri will show who knows uh we'll have to wait a few days plus a few more because we're now going into carnival so uh off we go it's it's pretty time in cyprus it's not the time to be looking at mri scans uh so yeah we'll just have to wait and see why was i expecting sean and Jana to pop up in that somewhere um well i i honestly um i i can see a couple of scenes that i'm going to rewrite based on the experience of sitting in my car <laughs> sort of on a darkened street late at night thinking this looks very, I mean, literally just in the streets were deserted. I think I sat out there for 25 minutes, two people walked past me uh, and they were, um, they were two, two black guys, I think Africans um, working, working here in Cyprus. 
Um, and they're sort of strolling along very, very quickly, uh, all wrapped up in their coats. And that was it. Nobody else. Very spooky. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad uh, Spice uh, came through the other side of that, and hopefully she gets some good news and a quick recovery. Yes, thank you. I mean, she's she's moving much better. She's managing the pain relief now, so um, she's she's less sort of incapacitated than she was, um, and she's still you know getting in touch with her inner Coco and demanding to be carried upstairs and and things and. Um, yes, she, she, she's welcome to all that as long as she gets better, as far as I'm concerned. What about you? What's been happening in sunny Canada? Oh, it's it's been a, a pretty quiet week, actually. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. I've, I've been busy. Uh, tools of the week. Uh, Stu, you want to lead this one off because uh, I, I want to get to the point where we might have to edit this. <laughs> well, I, I, look, I know a word or two. Uh, and I'm not. I'm not going to quote <laughs> quote Billy Conley. But sometimes a word that begins with F and ends in anyway. Um, what What are Apple doing? I mean, absolutely nothing works. And bizarrely, I was on my RSS reader. I was catching up with uh, Jason Snell's Apple Report card. <laughs> Where you know he gets all of the, the the Apple sort of podcasters and bloggers that that you know we follow and uh, some of whom I think we probably quite like um, to to give their report card on Apple's year, um, and I, it might be me, Justin. I mean, it has been mentioned that I'm a bit of a curmudgeon at times, but these guys are scoring you know between one and five, and there's. Uh, Macs are doing really well because the M2's great, and you know, uh, oh, and mm, okay, well, iPhone, yeah, mm, but they're sort of you know bumbling along with how essentially Apple's great, but it could be greater in certain areas. And I'm sitting here shouting at my monitors, go, it's nonsense, it's not great. They're celebrating that the Mac is good. Okay, I've got a Mac Studio in front of me, right? Which is, you know, a big silver box. Not very exciting. Um, and it costs thousands of dollars. And guess what? It works. Oh, well done, Apple. You've made a silver box. Charge me thousands of dollars. And it works. And there are PC users out there going, oh, I've got a little Dell box that's $400. Mine works too. And the... F- but it doesn't have ports on the front. Well, but if it's Dell, it probably has ports on all four sides, and they probably all work. Uh, um, Touche, yes. But the the we've got to the level where everybody is celebrating Mac. Um, uh, what am I thinking? MacBook Pros. Why? Well, because they've got a keyboard that isn't screwed, that you don't have to return, that doesn't break. You can actually tap a letter A and get a letter A. Not five letters, A, one letter. Oh, my God, they've cracked it. They're geniuses, these people. They have made the perfect laptop. No, they've made a laptop that works. Not only that, they've charged you $2,500 for it. This isn't something to celebrate. It's the very, very minimum that we should expect from the biggest company in the world who make their money selling hardware. And they've actually produced, in terms of laptops, and desktops, with one caveat that I will get to in a minute, that work. Hurrah. (laughs) However, if you've got a studio like me and you think, right, what I need is a monitor. What what should I look at my... mm, What are my choices? Okay, there's the Justin route, the world's most expensive monitor, which is beautiful, magnificent. I've seen it in the flesh. It's a lovely, lovely thing. It's wonderful. Uh, But it doesn't have speakers. Well, I I would kind of like to hear sounds from my computer. It might be quite nice to listen to music from it because, spoiler alert, all the other music devices in my office don't work. I shall return to this. So, Mm, not sure about this massive oversized thing that does amazing things with colors that I will never need use, uh, along with 99.9% of users, incidentally, who don't need that sort of color. Anyway, 
if I don't want that, there is a sort of standard Apple monitor. Finally, after many years of there being nothing, they have put out a monitor that people who've got MacBook Pros can plug into, or people like me who've got studios or Mac Minis, and you can have a nice Apple monitor. So this is the everyman Apple monitor. This is the one for you to make your, I don't know, Teams calls on, your Zoom calls, to run your software, to listen to your music. Sorry, I've got to pay how much for an adjustable height? That's extra. Oh, and the webcam is the worst in market? No, surely. What? It's worse than anything being produced in the last 10 years by anyone? Oh, that seems a little bit... Mm. One thing I should say is that speakers are pretty good. All for the speakers. And how much is this little... It's £1,500 or dollars for the basic version without the matte screen, which, frankly, I live in a really, really sunny country, so the matte screen might be a good idea. But if I want one, I've got to pay another $300. And if I'm a normal-sized human being with a normal-sized desk, I've got to pay an extra 400 to have a height-adjustable stand. So you are talking entry-level price, 2000 2300 if you want to have the matte screen for someone who lives in a hot country. Yay, Apple. Wow. What geniuses you are. You've managed to produce a mm, all right-ish monitor because the display technology is way behind the curve. It's three years behind what's available in the marketplace. If you can get rid of the attachment to oh, it's got to be 5K native. If you don't think that's important, i.e. what even better resolution or slightly worse resolution, you can get yourself massive monitors from a huge amount of money. You can get curved ones that cost less, adjust, and work. It's nonsensical, the rubbish that these guys are talking. Oh, Apple's doing really well, Matt. No, it's not. Apple is on the cusp of falling down a massive hole. The only reason it's not getting beaten up and battered by the competition is because of the mediocrity that absolutely pervades that business. We accept crap from computer producers that would not be acceptable in any other home product. If washing machines were as reliable as computers, every single washing machine company would be sued out of existence. <laughs> if my washing machine goes wrong, I pick up the phone to the place I bought it and say, come, take my washing machine and fix it. Or come here and fix it. But whatever you do, do it fast. And they jump to it. And if they can't fix it, they take it away and they bring me back a new one. That is box standard with any appliance. When any piece of your Apple kit, and we will get to this, stops working, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of hardware, well... It's soft. Mm, um, yeah, keyboards. I mean, who knew that people would need keyboards on a laptop? What? Rubbish. It's, I mean, it's just utter nonsense. The mediocrity that we put up with is just crap. HomePods. Oh, we're going there now. <laughs> I bought the big, expensive HomePod, right? Actually, oh, I'll buy two. I'll have a stereo pair. And from time to time, they work. Then things start going wrong. They get out of sync. How can you have a stereo pair out of sync? If your Wharfdale diamonds did that, you would take them back to the shop and you would beat the sales assistant to death with them. It's just nonsense. What do you mean out of sync? Ridiculous. Well, it's because they're wireless, man. All right, well, give me bloody wires then, you idiots out-of-sync stereo speakers. It's nonsense. And then, oh, well, there's this popping sound that occurs. Yeah. Quick, let's get on Reddit. Let's find out. What's the popping sound? Well, I've taken it apart, man, and I'm telling you, there's, uh, there's a diet in there that just gets fried, man, you know? Absolute rubbish. Mine popped for ages and then stopped. You don't have to be an engineer to know that that means it's bloody software. 
They're doing something with the software, the Wi-Fi, the connectivity between the machine playing the music and the speakers going out of sync playing the music and popping that is screwing it up. I don't need to be a clever engineer. Nobody needs to be a clever engineer. And Apple doesn't need to be secret. Apple needs to say, yeah, we've got an issue. We're trying to sort this stuff out because we've got stuff coming down the line. It's really important this connectivity works. We're working on it. Sorry. But no, they just, no, this is Apple. We don't say anything. All right, Apple, your HomePods, you've ripped me off. There. And you've charged me 500 quid for each of them. Send me a thousand quid. Then you can stay quiet and keep silent. Otherwise, sort your life out. It's nonsense. No other music system in the world would be able to say, oh, yeah, okay, well, how were we to know you wanted them both to play together? Because you called them a stereo pair. You can't do that with Warfdale. You couldn't do that with Technics. You couldn't do that with Sony. It's just, oh, it's Apple, man. It's Apple. It's crap. They have got to sort it out because someone will come and eat their lunch and I will be delighted when somebody comes and eats their lunch and produces what I want. I want an overpriced computer that looks really pretty and does all the basic stuff properly. I want my home, home, to control my lights. So I want it to turn my lights on and off when I say on and off. They can't do it. They've got a voice assistant that looks and sounds like a high school project. The high school project that came forth. It doesn't work. You ask it what time it is and it says cabbage. You ask it to translate something and it says, hmm, this is taking too long. You ask it to turn the lights on and it turns your home pods on. It's just not. I walk out of this office every night and give an instruction to turn my lights off. Usually with my hands full. And in this office, I have got the Mac Studio. I've got an iPad. I've got two HomePods. And do you know what it says to me? You'll need to unlock your phone first. Why? It's not, it's crap. Absolute crap. It's so crap. It's a laughing stock. There are podcasts that every week do nothing but talk about how crap Apple is. But, you know, it's Apple. It's great, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, it's not. It's now become a massive white goods producer that's at the bottom of the range because everything it produces kind of sort of works. And that's not good enough. Not for the money they're charging. It's not good enough. <laughs> Stu, how do you really feel? So other than that, mate, other than that, I've been really enjoying my tech. Uh, it's just, you know, lovely. It's been helping me achieve my productivity aims. And, uh, well, uh, I just like to say, good morning. Saw your life out, Cook. You're fucking useless. <laughs> how, uh, what's your tool of the week? Oh, my tool of the week was, well, actually it was uh, HomePods. Uh, but but compared to your rant, I've I've got almost nothing. Um, I have you know the the big expensive HomePods that I bought well not that long ago. Uh, you know I bought them maybe three years ago, and I don't know about you, Stu, but speakers. What do you expect as a life expectancy of a speaker? Uh, three years is that is that good? <laughs> so I've I've got this stereo pair. Um, the new HomePod came out the other day and I was sitting at my desk and I was doing some reading and I wanted some music in the background. Now these things, I, I love them. Great sound. These aren't the little small balls. These are the big, you know, heavy duty ones. And they didn't work as a pair. I clicked one and it started playing something different than the other one. Now how these things called a stereo pair don't work in stereo. Well, that's okay. New HomePods out, which means there was a update, which means the ones that I have are now useless. I spent an hour. I don't know. You talked about the home app. I don't know if anybody from Apple has ever used that or perhaps used anybody else's, but oh, if you want to talk crap. But wait, 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 Justin, this is the improved home app. This is even better. What? 
The only perceivable difference is that now at the top of my home app, it tells me the temperature in the kitchen. Yay. Oh, it, but trying to actually get to the point where it's find the settings, it's it's like playing one of those. It's, I thought it was for Apple Arcade, you know, where you're playing this menu menu of uh, click here and click here and click here. And oh, God, I was just waiting for the ads to pop up. Uh, you know, uh, come buy this new thing. It was it was horrible. So I reset them. I checked. Everything is showing a stereo pair. Uh, I tried everything I could. I spent an hour on it and I gave up. Uh, I have a couple of separate unsynced bookends. Um, very, very expensive. These up here were over 400 Canadian. Mm -hmm. um, so I was absolutely livid because it is a speaker. I mean, this is simple stuff. A speaker should last 20, 30 years, you know? There's no reason a speaker on its own should die because software. Um, yeah. So I was, I was tired. I was angry. Uh, I sat down yesterday and put another hour and a half into this project. This is why it's my tool of the week because boy, for something that was working, has worked for a long time and now suddenly didn't, this took so much time, useless, wasted time this week to fix. And in big surprise, there is an upgrade. Well, because these things are separate, you have to download each one separately. And I don't know what version of Wi-Fi these are on because you know they're on Wi-Fi because there's no ports, there's no plugs, you can't plug it into anything. It has to download to this one. And then afterwards, 10 minutes later, oh, there's an update to the other one. So for a while I had HomePods running different versions. No wonder they don't work as a flipping pair. Anyway, so I got that fixed. I got the updates, didn't fix the damn thing. Um, I ended up having to remove everything. I had to go the terminal power off, power back on and set up like they were new ones. Setting them up like new ones. Uh, this is Apple tech at its best. I am being facetious here. Um, it was slow. It was stupid. It was, uh, you know, it was so slow, Stu, that you, you tap it and it says, bring it close to your thing and nothing happens. Click here. You know, this playing around in this stupid home app. I finally found something that said, would you like to pair to your MacBook? Because I don't know why I'd need to pair to a MacBook anyway, or the HomePod. So I clicked on the HomePod. It said, now line up the top of the little squiggly thing with the camera. I did that. And now it went off into, let's think about this for, you know, 20 minutes. And eventually I got bored and sat down and was doing some work. And hmm, this is taking too long. This, well, no, even better than this. The HomePod starts beeping and then gives me an error message oh. and says, I can't hear the beep. It's like you're. 10 feet away at my desk. Like, oh my God. So I had to go and restart the whole pairing thing again and stand there with my Apple, my iPhone above the HomePod after it's already paired visually to hear the HomePod beep so that the Apple iPhone home app knows that this is actually the one. So an hour and a half into this, I finally have one they don't play at the same time. One starts about five seconds before the other one. But touch wood, I have Apple stuff that almost goes back to the way it used to work. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree with Stu. I went to listen to a podcast last night as I was doing some chores before bed, uh, feeding, feeding the kids, that kind of stuff. I put my AirPods on. I got one of them working, not the other one. I check my phone. I have power to hundred percent to both of them. I have power in the case. I have connectivity. I can tap on the stem of the one that doesn't work 
and it will turn the music on and turn the music off. It just won't play anything. I take it. I do the dance. You know the silly dance you do? Let's take it out of my ears. Let's put them back in my ears. Nope, we still got the same problem. Let's take them out of the ears. Let's put them in the case. Let's close the case. Let's shake the case. Let's put them back in. Nope, that still doesn't work. Let's do that again. This time, let's go into the iPhone and shut down all the apps that use everything that could be AirPlay related. I finally got them working, but it was another five minutes of faffing about. Oh my God. I woke up this morning, Stu, after all this messing around with the HomePod yesterday, the, the AirPods last night. I woke up this morning to my Apple Watch telling me, you have a new watch connected to your account. Would you like to see which one it is? Congratulations. <laughs> uh, I bought my Apple Watch Ultra back in, what, October? And it's just connected to my account today. Like, really, Apple? I, I know it's the season of upgrades, but jeez, Murphy. Um, You know, I don't want to do a stew and go on for a long time, but <laughs> brutal. It, uh, yeah, I... I, I, again, I, I don't have all the issues at Studas, but uh, this is this is table stakes stuff. Test it before it goes out, you know. To, and and I compare it. Now I, I'm you know Stu's complaining about the voice assistant. Well, I'm not stupid enough to try that. I already know it doesn't work. So I'm sitting here in, in my office, and I have HomePods little HomePod Minis on my desk. I've got the big HomePods for when I'm writing at a different desk. And right next to my HomePod minis is the little Amazon Echo show. And you know what? I can yell at it from another room and it turns on my lights and it turns off my lights and it does everything it's supposed to do. I could sit right here at, at the lady in the Apple tube and she won't have a clue what I want to do. Uh, I could also go into the Amazon Echo app on my phone and get access to every, I can, I could turn on and turn off all the little things like notifications and uh, do I want this to respond to events? Amazon just got it right. Yes, I know they're listening to me and they're trying to sell me stuff based on every conversation I have with my wife, but that's okay. I, I live up here. I order everything from Amazon, so they know more about me than uh, I even care to think of. Uh, Apple doesn't actually spy on me, but you know what they don't do? They don't turn off my freaking lights. So, you know, I, I completely agree with Stu on this one. It It is Apple. Uh, I think that should be our title for this week, um, our love of Apple. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the only thing Apple has going for it is everything else is worse. And I'm not sure that that is the best advertising line that you've got. Here is your brand new mighty HomePod, just because everything else works a little worse. But does it? I don't know. Maybe you should try Windows again, Stu. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think you're right. Um, and uh, yeah, so quick, a quick aside to the listener, this is the epitome of middle-aged privileged men whinging. However, um, when I look at stuff like this, I think, okay, Apple... Uh, execs, managers, employees must be looking at things like Amazon go, hmm, okay. So when it comes to voice assistants, these guys are pretty damn good. Oh, Google too. Yeah, they, they seem to be ahead of us. Why don't we just go and buy them? That team, whoever they are, let's just buy them so that instead of our thing being a total laughing stock worldwide, we'll just have a good one. And we'll go and work on something exciting. I mean, these these people, in all seriousness, in the next, I don't know, five to ten years, are going to say to me, hey, Stu, what you need is a hydrogen-powered, self-driving Apple car. What? You can't turn my bloody lights on and off. No, I'm not going to get in a self-driving car made by you idiots. And that is the damage they are doing their brand. Yeah, you, you throw it away after two years and upgrade it. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, you know, the, all of their, their key products, you look at things like iPhones, people are getting bored. iPhones look a lot like iPhones. AI, they appear to be mm, not at the front of the queue. 
um, all of the, the things that people predict are happening, they don't appear to be anywhere near it. Um, I think we, we may be seeing the point where they're going, you remember those years when we used to make growth, 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 money, 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 and then this happened. Whatever this is, it's happening, I think. Oh, God. Could you imagine, though, if Siri got AI, how much worse it would be? Oh, you'd, you'd ask to turn on the lights and she'd blow up your truck. Uh, well, I mean, already, already, I think what's happening is that when you try and turn your lights off, they're turning mine on. So for the last four days, I've come down to my office in the morning to find my um, lights on. Hmm. Um, and the the only thing I've been trying to do was get my upstairs lights in the house to sort of adopt a circadian uh, lighting scheme. So to, you know, less blue light in the evening, uh, more blue light in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's had absolutely no impact up there, no positive one anyway. Um, but what it has done is uh, started mysteriously turning on my desk light and, and the light that I call window because it's next to the window. And these are nano leaf triangles. So really don't need to be on. I do live in a country where the sun blazes through the window. I don't, oh, hush. I don't need morning light. Anyway. Hush, hush, hush about the yes. sun thing. Enough, enough of this nonsense. Anyway, um, and as for your, your HomePod's not syncing, I think what that is, that's just Tim. Good morning, Tim. Um, giving you some some sort of syncopated jazz of speakers. He's, he's giving you a new take mm. on music. So it's it's slightly discordant sometimes. Other times it will just flow into sync and it will sound like music. And then other times it will sound like the band have never met each other. It's it's the syncopated jazz of speakers. That's, that's what it is, mate. You, and he's not even charged you extra. It's a feature. That's it. Uh, this is like that head tracking uh, thing that they have that's annoying to listen to, uh, whatever it's called. Uh, that remember they did the update on the AirPods so that uh, no matter where your your phone is, it thinks it, you know that should be the center of it. Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. You know, which is great until you leave your phone on the desk and it sounds like everything is coming from the from the left. Okay. Anyway, we will stop whining about Apple. Let's talk about pens and ink of the week, Stu. Please tell me you got something. Uh, yeah, I'm just um, putting it in the note now. I'm, I inked up, I've, I've finished my little Coeco, my little plastic Coeco. Um, and so I, I wanted another mini to carry around with my, uh, my pocket notebook. And so I reached for, uh, I can't remember the name of it. I might have to do a little bit of Googling in a second. But uh, Schoen Design, you would have heard of Schoen Design, um, or Schoen Design, if you like. Um, American firm, he started making sort of EDC pens um, that uh, we used to sell at, well, we still sell actually a few at Nero's. Um, and they're wonderful. I, I took one on Camino and it, uh, it was made of, I can't remember whether it was titanium or brass. I've got both. And they are just like um, tent pegs. Now I'm looking now on his, on his website. I think the one I've got is discontinued. He's, he's got himself into fountain pens. Um, and so I have one that's made of, hmm, is, is it, I don't think it was ever called Ultum when I bought it, but it is quite a sort of hard resin and it takes a, um, a number six nib. So it's like a full size nib on a, uh, on a very small pen, which is, is nice and quite unusual, I have to say. And, uh, I use it with little, um, little cartridges. And it's a, it's a great little sort of carry, everyday carry fountain penny type thing. I'm looking now at his website. He's got some incredible stuff here that he's been, he's moving on. Um, oh, uh, there we go. The Pocket Six. That's what mine was called, the Pocket Six. Um, but he's doing some amazing stuff. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, don't go there, Justin. You're, you're going to end up spending a lot of money there. Oh, oh, dear. I don't actually own any of his uh, his stuff, so I've resisted this far. Hopefully I can continue. Schoen Design full-size fountain pen, yours for $195. Um, I, I trust me, folks, it's great. Um, the, the little pocket ones, the, the ones he's got now, are pocket-engineered plastics, Ultem, 
and Black Ultem. I'll bet you they're great. Uh, they're $240. Um, but it's it's just so unusual to have a number six nib. I mean, that is, you know, a proper nib on this tiny little pen. Um, and it's it's it looks so it doesn't look strange, but the the pen itself, mine is sort of pure black, looks very innocuous. And then you um uh, you take it off and post it, and it becomes obviously a, a writable size pen, just like the Kaweco. Um, but the the nib is so noticeable. It's like, oh wow, that's 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 a fountain pen, people remark from afar. So uh got that. I've got this sort of really funky orange, orange ready sort of ink going on from my lucky dip. Um yeah, very nice. Enjoying it. What about you? Are you using anything new and exciting? I haven't been using much of anything. I was thinking about this this week, kind of going, okay, well, I've killed off an, another pen. But I'm in a bit of a writing funk still. I've just not been writing. I haven't picked up my journal in probably almost two weeks. Do you ever go through a stage where you just don't write much or don't really care about the tools that you're writing with? You know, a pen is a pen at this point. A pencil is a pencil. I'm just kind of in a bit of a writing funk and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I, have you ever? Do you ever go through this, Stu, and tell me, how do you fix it? Or does it just fix itself? Uh, oh, yes, I do go through it. Um, uh, does it fix itself? E yes, kind of. Um, I mean, obviously it fixes itself in that you fix it. Um, so this morning, I, I've been, what have I been doing? I've been sort of journaling in unusual spaces and places for me. Um, so I've been doing this, uh, the health thing. So I've been logging my food, which kind of takes away uh, part of it. And that's been uh, digital. Um, and I've been doing a couple of things in day one that I've been sort of posting photos to myself. I suppose it's like Instagram, but with no audience. Um, and yeah, I, I literally wrote a journal entry this morning going, uh, and it started off saying, oh, it's been a while. Cause I think it'd been about a month since I'd written in my sort of personal journal. Mm. Uh, and I, I, I literally wrote, oh, it's been a month. Why is that? Uh, and sort of mused for a little bit and then got on with my day. I, I think sometimes you, you fall out of the habit. Um, you, you maybe don't need to journal perhaps, or sometimes it can be indicative that, you know, you're, you're maybe getting a little bit out of, out of control, uh, that it can do for me. It uh, makes it sound as though I'm sort of, you know, running out and, and scoring drugs or something. That's not what I mean. Just that I'm, uh, stressed or under pressure or forgetting to to use the journal for what it's for because I think what the journal does is is sort of marshal my thoughts. Hmm. Tough to say which way I'm going on that. Whether I'm stressed or whether I'm just chill. Maybe I'm so chill that I don't need it. Who knows? Anyway, we shall see. I was actually thinking, do I need to throw money at this and buy a new pen to get me excited again? But uh, <laughs> I don't really want to do that. Always, Justin, always. Yeah, but you, you know when I throw money at stuff, Stu, it goes big. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll just have to uh, uh, change the change the rotation, change what I'm working on now and yeah. put something new and exciting just to get me going again. But uh, it's yeah, it's been a thing. We'll see how it goes. I'll report in next week, of course. Uh, so you've almost certainly got 10 new pens in your, your cabinet that you've just forgotten about. Probably. All right, let's talk about our topic today. And our topic is not uh, let's hit on app Apple. Um, our topic is actually going to be something positive, I think. Tea. A two for tea, actually, because there's both of us here. Tea. So, Stu, what is your background with tea? Where, where did it come from in your life? Uh, tea, uh, came from my dad. So, uh, my dad was, uh, some, some listeners will know was career Royal Air Force. So, uh, he, he went from school into the Air Force, came out of the Air Force, sat around for four and a half years and died. That was, that was his life. And, uh, he wasn't jumping into planes. He wasn't a fighter pilot or anything like that. He was, um, he worked in telecommunications, funnily enough. So, um, sort of radio, radar, that type of stuff. Um, and I always, always remember when sort of weekend days, um, we would have a teapot 
on the go while the house was up. So from, say, seven in the morning through till seven at night, there would be constant tea. Um, and it would be uh, in a pot, under a cosy, on a tray. Um, and at various times, um, my dad took sweeteners. I think my mum took sweeteners. Uh, and my mum was probably, you know, six or seven cups of tea. And when I say cups, I mean mugs of tea a day. My dad must have drunk, I don't know, 15, 16. And uh, it was just always there. And it was a constant task to keep it topped up. So there was a sort of set of rules and criteria around, okay, you can pour some more, more hot water into that teapot without doing anything. Um, or um, you might need to add something to that, that pot of tea. Or, oh, there are people coming, start again, let's make a fresh pot of tea. Um, there, there were all sorts of rules that I never really understood, but I was generally pretty good at doing what I was told. And that was box standard um, English tea. Um, there are loads of brands in the UK, that Tetley, PG Tips, um, uh, Yorkshire tea, E-Bayek, um, where it's it's quite strong. Um, it's pretty heavy on the tannins if you want to get a wine tasting about the whole thing. Um, and traditionally that people in in the uk like it pretty strong sort of working class tea uh you can stand your spoon up in it that's what they used to say <laughs> um and my dad was like that until he gave up milk at which point he then decided that um tea needed to be a lot weaker and that, curiously the whole family went that way eventually so i don't generally take milk in my tea either um and that was it. And then I suppose the the minute I could, I got away from tea entirely and went and I started drinking espresso because it was very sophisticated. Windswept and interesting, Justin. That's me. You were in in the Euro, in Europe, and Europe is very espresso based. Yes, I was in Paris. You know, uh, I can't believe it. So uh, if you ask tea, you quite often got Liptons. Um, stop it, Liptons. Uh, if there are any aficionados out there, my condolences, stop it. Do not drink Lipton's. It's horrible. <laughs> so I went it all coffee-like. Uh, and then um, I think it was, well, I'm almost certain it was in Budapest um, that I was at a Japanese restaurant, had some, some green tea and went, oh, oh, hang on. This is a bit different. Um, and, and there sort of rekindled my love affair with with tea, um, which was quite difficult to do in Central Europe. I have to say it was quite hard to get tea. The, you could get quite a lot of herb, not herbal, um, uh, so infusions, fruit infusions. They go, okay, that's a fruit tea. Mm -hmm. No, it isn't. It's either fruit or it's tea. It's unlikely to be both. Um, and uh, then when I went to live back in the UK, the UK does have a lot of specialty shops where you can, go and choose from, you know, 7,000 types of tea. And oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I'd love doing that sort of stuff. So that, that, that was kind of my little world of tea. And what, what about you? I mean, you, for heaven's sake, you, you're a North American. What, what can you know about tea? I grew up in England, so uh, yes. Oh, okay. I, 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 I know all about the builder's tea. I was actually thinking about how, first off, I'm going to sound like an utterly privileged prat uh, because... I, I like my tea and I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to tea. Um, I have a lot of good memories around tea, but yeah, I, I think the key to me has been the family or the rituals around tea. Mm. Growing up, it was a family rituals. So my first tea memory that I have, I must have, you know, one of my earliest memories, I, I couldn't have been more than four or five years old. Um, my great grandmother had a, beautiful wooden tea caddy uh, with loose teas and little silver spoons in it and everything. And, um, you know, while all the adults were doing the adultive, adulting stuff, I went to the kitchen and played with this beautiful tea caddy. Now, if, if there was ever a family heirloom that I would have loved and cared for, this would have been mine. Mm -hmm. Of course, I didn't get anything, but that's a whole different story. Uh, but I always remember catching a complete bollocking for what I had done 
you know, four or five years old, you do things a little strange and, you know, kiddish. I had buried all of the silver spoons under the loose tea. And then I'd spent the next, you know, hour while the adults were chatting, smoothing all the tea to make it look like it had just been put in there. So the spoons weren't even there at all. And apparently my great grandmother uh, went looking for her spoons to make her morning tea. And uh, well, she didn't know where they were. And boy, did I catch crap for that one. <laughs> but yeah, uh, fam family tea. I always remember around the house, it was tea bags. Yep. Uh, you know, the aforementioned PG tips, I remember, because uh, back in those days, their advertising was monkeys. And yes. that's what I remember. Uh, but yeah, I always remember this tea and, you know, there'd be a, a tea bag for every person that was going to have a cup of tea. And then there would be an extra tea bag for the pot. Um, and yes, it was, you could, you could, well, spackle walls with it and, uh, you know, hold a, a tea, a, a spoon up in it, but it was a ritual. You walked into my grandmother's house and, uh, let's put the kettle on was the thing that they used to do. Um, but let's face it, builder's tea is gross. And, you know, while, while I lived at home, that was kind of what I got. Two cream and two sugars. Everything, you know, was uh, try to not try to cut down the fact that you made it so gross in the first place by making it sweet and milky. Um, once I got out on my own, I moved away from tea and quickly went into coffee because, well, coffee was quicker it was more available and of course you know when you're a kid in your late teens and early 20s I, coffee is much more sophisticated i did not have the beret and you know the hair flapping in the wind the way Stu did with this espresso but you know even pre-starbucks uh, coffee was a thing up here I, I got into tea from some interest that i had uh, you know in the early days uh in in Eastern cultures, I used to do a lot of martial arts and that got me into the Japanese green tea. I took lessons, uh, going to find the tea I found, uh, in Vancouver, we have a, a place called Chinatown and they have true Chinese tea shops where, uh, it, unless you can read and speak Chinese, you don't know what you're getting. Uh, so I actually went and took some lessons from a Chinese tea master who got me drinking things like aged pures, you know, 50 year pures, um, and other black teas. I'd learned how to properly season my terracotta pots and I was just really, really nice. Uh, I remember once learning how to drink Herba Mate from a gourd. Um, and that was some of the weirdest high that I've ever had. Cause I'm not a big, you know, drug guy or anything like that. Uh, tea actually got me high that her Herba Mate. I don't know if you ever tried that one, Stu. I haven't. I I'm quite frightened by now. Yeah. It is the weirdest thing. You drink it through a straw from a gourd. Ooh. But I, that's a whole thing wow. we'll get into. Um, Reiki, uh, I took some classes in Reiki, which is a healing modality. And I got into some white teas with less caffeine, much more subtle flavor than, than green tea. Mm. And then of course I went through my many years of abstinence from, well, everything, caffeine, alcohol, meat products. When I was following, uh, Ayurveda, back to yoga, that was lots of rooibush. Uh, which is uh, Afrikaans for red bush. Uh, that is a, an uncaffeinated, well, I would call it tea, but it's technically not. Uh, and herbal tinctures, um, you know, lots of, as Stu had said, uh, fruit teas and, and things like that. Just absolutely lovely stuff that uh, I drank, uh, mostly because I could drink it and it wasn't caffeinated because that was something I was avoiding for a while. Uh, and I still love the ritual of tea. It's always been sort of that ritual. You know, um, I have, as you might gather, far too many ways to make a cup of tea, depending on my mood and my time. I've got, uh, you know, Japanese containers that sit above 
the cups and the containers to allow the perfect time to pour and the perfect mix. And I've got the gourds and the spoons. I've got my black tea goes in the terracotta tea set with the, with the bamboo tray and you season the cup and you pour the water and the tea over it. It's all very, very crazy. I've got different strainers. I've got different teapots. I've got filtered cups. I even have, because I'm this much of a nerd stew, and I really think about this as, you know, being an extremely privileged, uh, you know what, uh, I have a thermally insulated to-go cup for tea. So I can actually brew tea ready to go. Um, I have a long-necked variable temperature kettle for wetting tea properly. And of course, the latest thing is my tea robot uh, from... Breville. Uh, it's an 800 XL tea maker. This thing is great. It has uh, a little pot that you boil the water in inside of it. It has a little pot that goes down. You can program how long you want it to brew the tea for, and then it raises it up, keeps the, the tea warm for an hour. So you've got this pot of tea that's always warm. Uh, it's It's lovely. To anybody listening in Britain, uh, the tea robot is what they now call the tea's maid. So for years and years and years, it was called the tea's maid in the UK, which I assume is just not politically correct anymore. You can't call it that. So, uh, yeah, a tea robot. Well, that's uh, Jason Snell uh, calls it. Uh, how, well, it used to be the wedding present <laughs> that everybody got, whether they wanted it or not. It was, oh, here's a tea's maid. Great. Mm-hmm. I actually find it's brilliant for when I'm working because one of the biggest problems I have is I lose track of time. Do you do, do, you do this, Stu? You start brewing a cup of tea and you, you're waiting your you know, two, three minutes, depending on what it is, and you get into something else and all of a sudden you come back and you've got, well, you've, you've got your dad's Bricky's tea. You know, it's, <laughs> it's thick. It's, uh, would you like your tea in one lump or two, sir? Uh, yeah, I. So you're you're tempting me, Justin. You're tempting me because obviously I say we've got a voice assistant. I no, let's not go there again. Um, but yes, I I understand exactly what you mean. Um, I mean I use all sorts of different strainers, and um, I, like you, I drink lots of different teas. I'm 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 quite into my white tea at the moment, um, and it's uh, part of the pleasure, as you say, is is that that ritual, just taking that moment to say okay i'm going to make uh, often for me it's not a pot of tea but it'll be a um um what do i use i use the uh, a yeti a big yeti mm-hmm. um I, th- I think i have one with ironically mac power users logo on it um and uh that makes a you know a lovely sort of green tea or a white tea and i have a little um it's a, it's a weird little strainer actually oh talk about going nerdy this one is um spring loaded so it's like a little ball mm-hmm. and you, the, the ball splits in half when you apply pressure to the handle uh, and you fill it up with tea leaves and then you just leave that in the water for, for as long as you know. That makes a, a perfect pint of tea, I find. Lovely. So you're drinking white teas at the moment. Is that uh, your favorite? Uh, what, what, what kind of teas are you drinking? Uh, well, h- here in Cyprus, it's much harder to get hold of of sort of a wide variety of teas. So uh, Margaret was actually on a school trip. They went to some, I, I forget where now, it was something unrelated to tea, but it had a gift shop with loose leaf tea. Uh, and she came back with um, a bag of Christmas tea, which I threw at her, um, and then a bag of white tea, which I didn't throw at her because that's very much my my thing. But we can get um pretty much most of what you can get in the uk in terms of tea bags so uh the roy bush and all that stuff we can get um margaret drinks good old-fashioned builder's tea um Oof. if she drinks tea at all i mean it's once once in a blue moon um but yeah i i wherever wherever i'm going through the supermarket if i see anything that looks mm, possibly sort of exotic then I'll, I'll grab that and give it a go but yeah it's mostly bags i can get green tea uh, and then as i say this one sort of bag of loose leaf white tea which i i enjoy 
the the ritual but there are times i think i wish i could just throw a bag in this and <laughs> go, go to the office but uh as you say remember to take it out mm. that's always the key isn't it um have you tried to, my favorite tea is a jasmine pearl which is a green tea have you ever had one of those two or had several of those no, in a cup i don't think so i mean I, i've had you know jasmine tea um, which I'm guessing this is not what Jasmine Pearl is. Yeah, so the pearls are the early morning growth that they get overnight uh, at the very top of the tea. Mm -hmm. They take them, they peel them, and as they're drying, they roll up the leaf into a little pearl, a little ball. So it actually looks like, you know, almost a little BB. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. just this little thing and you drop several of them in there and as they hit the water, they expand and give you that wonderful taste of a slight bit of jasmine on top of a, a soft green tea. They're very, very subtle because they're extremely, um, labor intensive. They tend to be stupidly expensive, sure. uh, but they're absolutely lovely if you can get it. Uh, and they are just very fresh shoots they're very small um very low production so they're they're certainly worth it um and they're absolutely beautiful to watch as they they expand you probably don't want to put them in your little ball you just kind of leave them yeah sure. in, a, in a big strainer where they've got the space to expand and they just make such a lovely tea uh, one of my favorites if i'm drinking green tea is i've got a little um glass teapot mm -hmm that has um that sits on a little base a little glass base with tea lights in it um which are called tea lights for an obvious reason so you know like those little baby candles um and that's there's something quite nice about having that glass pot on the corner of my desk it fits with my um sort of minimalist aspirations you know maximal minimalist aspirations to have this little tea just gently warming there um it's just decorative, I think, more than practical. It's part of the ritual, Stu. It's part of the relaxation ritual that comes with making tea. Uh, yeah, I, I also love a variety of white teas. I do have some herbal teas at a certain point. I stopped drinking anything with caffeine in there. Didn't used to, but I got old. Who knew, Stu? <laughs> caffeine bothers yeah. you a lot more than it used to. For sure. Uh, and then I even in Truckosaurus have a few stash tea bags uh, just because I don't want to deal with loose tea and all that stuff that's going to move around and jostle when I'm driving down an unpaved road. So, yeah, it's it's I've got a little bit of everything. I've got some black tea. I've got some herbal teas when I want a complete change. Um, I've got a little bit of everything, but I still think that it's still about the ritual for me. What what do you think? Is is there any ritual like? Do you find making tea relaxing, a, a break out of your day, or is it just something kind of like a coffee where you push a button and hopefully it comes out quickly so you can get back to what you were doing? Tea can't be rushed, or shouldn't be. Uh, yes, I mean it's got some weird associations for me. I think so. Um, I'm coming down to work to i've got to balance the accounts i've got to catch up with some emails make sure the clients are all happy check in on uh nero's notes i'm grabbing an espresso that that's how that day is going to start for me um i'm coming down my my day is scheduled for deep work so i'm going to be studying or i'm going to be writing uh then i'm making myself that sort of pint of tea um in the in the back power users yeti that i know will take me through that sort of first writing session in the morning so i will does it say good morning to you good morning Stu. <laughs> good morning uh no it doesn't so um i uh take the dogs out um or a combination of dogs um come back um make myself some tea and by then you know, my brain is already sort of in the mode of i know what i'm going to be writing i know i'm that, that's what the walk gives me, if you like. So, yeah, it, it does have an association with, um, I suppose, more sort of artistic, creative sort of bent. Um, it is more mindful, whereas an espresso is hit the button, give me a shot of caffeine right now, boom, 
and that's to go off and do corporate cobra type nonsense hmm interesting yeah i'm kind of the same way um how do you generally make your tea you, you make it upstairs and then come down yeah um uh being 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 british that's there's automatically a kettle in every british kitchen um <laughs> i know in north america it's not the same but yeah if every british house has a has a kettle you don't you can't not have a kettle. Um, and so I did at one point, um, because I have a, um, I don't have quite your setup, but behind me is a, a utility room. So it doesn't have a, any cooking facilities, but it does have a sink and it does have some units. Uh, and I did bring down a coffee machine and a kettle. Um, and, and then I thought, actually, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take t making a cup of tea or, grabbing a coffee as a break i'm gonna walk away from my desk rather than have it all too convenient so yeah i make all my tea and coffee upstairs lovely i i know you've got the big fridge so i was assuming that you had sort of a bit of a kitchenette at least in in your area there the big fridge is my nemesis <laughs> the room behind the big fridge yeah does have a, a sink and everything and that's that's actually where i feed the dogs and all that sort of jazz, but no, I don't make any tea and coffee down there because I, I specifically chose not to. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've weirdly we have tea upstairs and tea downstairs. I've got my kitchen here is ridiculously full of all the stuff for tea and all the different coffee I can make, and I'm I'm, I'm privileged. I know I have sort of my own thing, but yeah, I I do find and I, I it's weird. Uh, like Stu, I tend to come down in the morning, have my coffee get going for the day but about lunchtime i switch to tea and i do find there's there's a calming relaxing point i find that one of the best uses of tea for me is a ritual at night quite often before after dinner i i usually come down and and do some things around you know whether that's working on a podcast or uh, youtube which is my new thing um, I'm in the office and I tend to reach for either I'm going to have a cocktail or I'm going to have a cup of tea. And the one that I should do is actually make the ritual for tea. Um, and there's something nice about, about having that ritual of making it, of stopping. I'm lucky again, I, I don't have stuff on my phone to do while I'm waiting for tea, which means that I just sit and wait and watch. And that break is, is a great time for me to, to breathe deeply, to relax, just to savor the taste that's coming, enjoy the subtleties of the tea. But I just find when I've, after I've gone through that process of making a tea, uh, I, tension just goes away. Unless, of course, it's builder's tea, and that's a whole different thing. <laughs> All right, Stu, you got any takeaways for tea? We've been talking for a while. Takeaways for tea. Um, yeah, I suppose uh, tea's a bit like olives. Um, you do like tea. Uh, you probably haven't allowed yourself to discover which one yet. They say the same about olives. There's an olive for everyone, but you may have to try a lot to find yours. How about you? Are we going to talk about olives too? Because I like uh, olives. Oh, we won't go there. Uh, mine is making tea as a ritual and it's a break from the day, a moment to yourself. So whether you're drinking it just for the tea or to set that break in, enjoy the tea for more than just a nice drink. I think there's components, associations with tea that we dismiss out of just, it's a drink. You can get a glass of water if you just want to drink tea is a ritual that involves a break kind of follow that eastern tradition of how to drink tea all right Stu, where where are you on the internet this week uh well um there's a certain sort of pattern emerging uh you can find me at my website stuartlannon.com uh or you could drop me an email uh, hello at stuartlannon.com uh, or you can find me at nerosnotes.co.uk where uh, there's all sorts of lovely notebooks and pens and pencils. Uh, and, well, by the time this episode goes out, there will be back. So uh, all of the deliveries will be flowing out. Uh, she's been hanging out, wait for it, with black leopards. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, 
there are social channels for Nero's notes, but um, I don't really monitor them, to be honest. So uh, if you want to get a message to me, hello at stuartlannon.com. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Easiest place to find me, justintwyford.com. You can also find me on YouTube at, at Beyond Your Front Door. You can email both of us at stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. And of course, you can find links to both of us at stationaryadjacent.com. Uh, please take a moment to like and review us on your podcast catcher of choice. We really do appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues. Our next topic is going to be on boredom. Uh, and hopefully this isn't one that Stu will start off with a big rant again, but we're going to talk boredom. <laughs> Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us. <laughs>